Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. This week's Eccentric Minute is a great exercise to get you out of the sagittal plane and into the frontal, and that is the K-Box lateral squat. With one leg off the box, you're going to give the wheel a spin and really sink into the hip of the leg that's on the box. While you're doing this, you want to try to keep that back leg straight to really stretch out those adductors and really drive your pelvis as hard as you can up and over to the side off the box. Make sure you give yourself a counterweight with this because when you give the K-Box a good push here, it's going to want to give a little bit. So make sure you set yourself up there. But this is really an awesome exercise, again, to get you out of that sagittal plane, open up your hips. Guys, give this one a try. I'm sure it's one you're going to love. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat. Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. AJ, thanks for being with us today, brother. Coach, what's up? Glad to be here. Super pumped about this and uh, just thankful for the opportunity to have a conversation with you. Yeah, man, I'm fired up to get this down. I'm, I'm glad to see you're doing well. It's good to chop it up a little before uh, we should actually charge people for that conversation. But we're <laughs> going we're gonna to keep that between us. That's the, the secret behind the scenes stuff. But before we get going too far, buddy, for the half of a human being who doesn't know who AJ is and where you're at, let's let them know who you are, where you're at, and how you got out there with the Terriers, bud. Uh, yeah, so I'm the uh, – right now my current role, I'm the athletic performance coach, strength and conditioning coach, whatever you want to call me, for uh, both basketball programs here at Wofford. Um, been here – this will be starting my third season. It's been a wild uh, three years with the curveball in between with COVID and all that, but – uh, it's been a good time. Previous to being here, I was at uh, Wake Forest for three years. Was an assistant strength coach there with Ryan Horn for three years. Learned a ton. I consider that basically my apprenticeship, if you will. And after doing a couple internships, a GA, and then I went and worked with Ryan and basically had a three-year apprenticeship with a really, uh, a really great dude and learned a ton. And then prior to that, I bounced around a couple places, got my Masters at Ball State, worked with a great crew there and and uh, started this whole thing at Purdue where I did my undergrad and I worked with a guy some of y'all might know, Josh Bonatal, for about a year. Um, he's he's moved on from college strength and conditioning. Now he's doing – he's got his own app. Dude's crushing it with, with future. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's absolutely killing the game. But it's been, it's been wild. Other than that, man, I'm just – I'm just a, a, a young guy trying to figure this out, trying to figure it out as I go, doing a lot of experimenting, a lot of learning, 
and just trying to uh, make myself better and the, the people I work with better if possible. Yes. And I think that before we get going too far, you know, there's, there's a lot of hubs when it comes to like strength coaches, like places that put out great ones. Like, you know, when I talked with Ken, uh, you know, Westchester is one that doesn't get enough credit and ball state really is one that slides under the radar. There's a lot of people, especially like in basketball, right. That have run through there. Um, you know, Tony Carney was an assistant here. Um, so, you know, got to give a shout out to the boy, Anthony, obviously Chase Campbell oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, and yourself. I mean, there's the, and then the list continues to go on. Yeah, we had a great little crew there and it was a unique experience. So the director there, his name is Jason Roberson. And uh, if you've ever met him, he's a great guy. He's got a unique style uh, with how we did things there. We we're a bunch of young guys, a bunch of young strength coaches that came in and, you know, everybody comes in thinking they know everything and then he's like all right great you know everything here's your teams go at it uh have some fun uh see what happens and over the course of a year or two of being a ga and working with a bunch of other young guys that are all just trying to piece it together and figure it out you really uh you really grow as a professional and quickly learn that you didn't know everything and that you're all trying to figure it out in a hurry because now you have a lot of responsibility on your plate and uh, no, it's it's it was a good time. I really I really look back and I'm really thankful I went to Ball State. Funny story is I I always when I was an undergrad I always wanted to go to Springfield College, right? Springfield College. That that's that's for strength. That's the strength coach mecca. That's where everybody comes out of. Uh, everyone who comes out of there becomes successful. That's what I wanted to do, and applied, didn't get in, didn't get in, and. It's like, holy smokes, you know, what am I going to do now? Ended up going to Ball State. I had a great connection. Uh, the first strength coach I ever worked for was Wally Becker at Purdue. He's still there. Guy's phenomenal guy. Uh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget when I first started working with Wally. I came in, you know, young guy. He had track and field at 5.30 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, all year. And he's like, I'm like, hey, I, you know, I'm looking, looking to help out. What can I do? He's like, sure, come help with track and field. I got 40 athletes that come in at a time. I got one assistant that's helped me out. We could use an extra pair of eyes and extra hands. Uh, show up on Monday and let's get after it. And like clockwork, I'd be there 5.15, 5 a.m., whatever it took. And I'll never forget the first week I showed up there on his, like he'd print off strength sheets, right, the, the, the workout cards. And he had put coach Kerr on there for my first day, like first week ever in a weight room working with athletes. And he put coach Kerr on there. I immediately felt welcome. Um, he pushed me in a lot of ways, but that guy, that first connection, he went to ball state. So he's like, yo, you got to go to ball state. Trust me. It's a good place to go. Got me into ball state. And then he's like, you know what else you should do? You should go to Notre Dame. Cause I did an internship there and it's a great crew and they're going to help you out. So I went to Notre Dame, did an internship. I mean, that first connection, that first foot in the door uh, with Wally Becker, give that dude a shout out, man. That guy's been crushing it for a long time, and he totally set my career on its own path in his own way, and uh, super thankful that for that first experience. But that's ultimately what, what led me to Ball State. That's rad, dude, because this is here's a crazy one. I don't know if I've ever given this one. 
but it's uh so my first internship was with brian mcgovern at binghamton and he's a ball state uh grad school guy um and he connection with him is what got me the job here initially so like it's wild how many people like directly or indirectly have some form of tie to the ball state uh strength and conditioning program and it's one that i think again it is one of the ones you know them westchester i think slippery rock does uh does a lot of it too um i'm gonna say Cortland because that's where i went but i don't know if that's fair uh yeah. there are places that i think put out a lot of them that that kind of get overlooked but i also think that getting thrown to the fire is important and i think that that's something that a lot of these younger coaches kind of miss but we want to talk in a different direction today because i think that what's been cool for you for the past 15 months has been the ability to take a step back and look and reevaluate what you're doing and then really build an actual re-education phase for your guys over the last couple months. Yeah, so it's been, like you said, a really unique year, really unique 15 months, uh, stressful at times, but a tremendous learning experience if you were able to take a step back and accept it for what it was. Uh, but yeah, so we had, uh, like everybody fighting the COVID year, it's been been wild, been a wild ride, but we had a a young group come in and, you know, just to catch everybody up, you know, going into my third season here. So my first year when I got here, uh, I got the job in April of 2019, hit the ground running. It was off season and uh, I'm leaving Wake Forest. I'm leaving working for, uh, with Ryan Horn. And I'm like, Oh, I got the game plan. <laughs> I got the game plan. I'm going to go here. I know what I'm doing. I, I've done this. Uh, three years, I'm ready to go. I get my guys and I get after it. And they, the, uh, you know, I'm just going full throttle and I'm looking back at the end of the off season. I'm like, hmm, uh, this is a different place with different kids. And uh, I probably missed the beat here at a couple areas. And so, you know, I was, I finished that off season. And when you work with basketball, look, once you get to end season, you are what you are. And you hold on for dear life and you just try to make it through and you, you help the kids as best you can and keep them feeling good and keep them feeling fresh and maintaining uh, any sort of performance variables that you possibly can get a grasp on. But for the most part, if anyone's being honest and they work in basketball, when it's in season, uh, you're holding on. <laughs> you're holding on for dear life. So, uh, you know, that, that year finishes out. We have a, a really successful end of the year. And then, Boom, like literally a week after we finished that first season that I'm here, we go into COVID and the whole thing gets shut down. The first spring that I was going to get with the with the players, which I think and I think a lot of coaches would agree that that spring block with basketball is just so important because it sets you up for the whole next year. That's when you're putting the pieces together uh, for your off season and that leads to everything else. So get that taken away. You're like, holy smokes, I hope this goes away quick. Well, as we all know, the whole summer's taken away. We get back in August and we have a huge freshman class, bunchy, bunch of young, young guys. 
bunch of young girls and none of them have ever seen a weight room ever. I mean, I, they just, <laughs> they needed, uh, they needed a lot of iron in their diet and they didn't have any. And here you are in August season's kicking off. I mean, it's preseason mode and you can only do what you can. So you start at a complete, just intro. Uh, let's see what we got type of a program. And by the time you get in season, you're just finishing that maybe. And now you're really holding on, which we all were, I know. And, uh, and then, but during that time, because things were so limited, because, uh, you know, our world and how we train and program was so flipped on its head, it was a good period of time to really take a step back and think about how we were doing things and how, man, you were hungry to have an off season. You were hungry to have a, a postseason. I can't wait to do it. And I got I'm going to pour a ton of thought into it and how I'm going to do it. And I'm, I really, I really need it to be great. And you really had nothing else to do with your time to think about that other than get COVID tested and, and uh, survive that, that onslaught. So uh, yeah, it was basically a year of just looking forward to, uh, you know, hold on to what you can make as successful as you possibly can, but look forward to what's next. And um was able we have kind of a weird schedule here at Wofford with our academics but it ended up being I just finished about eight weeks of really for the first time with this group with this team uh, being able to truly train as far as I'm concerned uh, really actually training to make change within our you know within our team make them physically better I mean, this is the first time that I've really been able to do that with this group. And it's been a long time since I've been able to do that with anybody as far as I'm concerned. So uh, it's been it's been really fun. You know, what's funny is when the season ended, I'm, I'm getting excited to start. And what I actually implemented the first three weeks out was a lot of what was based off of uh, Coach Snyder's stuff there at Wisconsin which you did a podcast with him and I'm not kidding you. Maybe that podcast has, I don't know, 5,000 listens, a 4,000 number, probably me because I went through and, and redid that one over and over and over and tried to soak up as much as I could from it. And uh, so I took principles from that and put it into practice. And we basically did a three week uh, structural remodeling program or whatever you want to call it, tissue re-education. Everybody comes up with a different creative name to make themselves uh, feel smarter than they are. But nevertheless, we, we put the pieces back together and and uh, I had the guys feeling really good. I introduced isom isometrics uh, for the first time I've ever programmed them. Uh, and it was a completely different deal. But I've tried this year, maybe more than any other year, I've really tried to take a step back and talk to the athletes and say, what are they telling me? You know, what are they telling me about the programming? What are they telling me about what they need? Because I'll be honest, when I took this job and I'm here in my first off season in 2019, I was the guy with the answers. And then uh, a lot of those answers were wrong. And the way that I've been able to solve some of those problems and, and I still don't know uh, all of it, but the way that I've been able to get a grip on some substance in our programming is by talking with the athletes. 
talking with the athletes, asking them what's good for them, asking them what makes them feel better, what makes them feel stronger. Uh, ask a lot more and tell a lot less, basically, has been uh, the process of the past year and set me up for this training block, I think. Um, and then uh, once we got the pieces put back together there for three weeks, we got after it these past four weeks uh, with a heavy dose of iron and just having a lot of fun and training these kids the way that they really needed to be trained this whole year. I think that above and beyond everything in there, the idea of changing the, your thought process from being the person that had the question, or excuse me, from changing your thought process from being the person who had the answers to being the person that needed to ask the questions is one that hits a lot of us and really changes how, like the whole thing, right? Like it, it's not an X's and O's thing. It's a Jane's and Joe's thing. Right. And just how that flips all of it on its head. Because when you, when you go from sitting here and not trying to give the answers, but trying to figure out what the questions are, that's when you can really start diving in and making sure that these kids are getting better. Right. And to build off of that, I mean, that starts with, you know, we, as strength coaches, we like to read a lot of information We're we're like information hogs, right? We're just taking stuff in, taking stuff in. And I don't know how much time we spend wondering if we're really absorbing that information but everyone always talks about oh ego's the enemy right ego's the enemy i read the book ryan holiday i got it it's like do you have it though do, are are you checking your ego and and are you willing to accept what you don't know and it's funny sitting here now starting my third season i would say i feel like i know concretely know less than i did or what i've told would have told you i did when I took this position, but what I do know now I have way more conviction in, and I'm, it's, it's a way sturdier base and it's built on experimentation. It's built on talking to these kids and learning from them first and trying to draw information uh, from right from the source, figure out what's working and, and just being willing to first acknowledge that, like you said, I, I don't know. I got to figure it out. I got, I got to learn. So what are some things that were, were kind of plugged and played based on these conversations? Uh, I think the way that I, so let's take, for example, our fitness work in the summer. It's, it's a good option, right? So when I first got here, it's like, oh, we're going to do tempo runs. We got a field. Great. Let's get out in the field. We're going to run tempos. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And I had some guys that get better and it would, you know, you increase the volume over time. You do your regular volume progressions and uh, you coach it the way you need to. And some guys are like, man, I'm feeling really good. And I have probably another five or seven. It's like, coach, I don't, I don't know. Like this is, I'm not feeling like I'm progressing in my fitness. I'm not feeling like I'm progressing my performance on the court. Um, you know, is there something else we can try? And so then I'm going back to the drawing board and I'm looking around and I'm thinking about different options. And you always go back to all the people you've worked with and you're like, what were they doing? And where, who did they draw from? And it's funny when I worked with 
Josh at Purdue, he was a very out. He was a big Alvin Mill guy, big Alvin Mill guy. He worked with the Chicago Bulls. He come to he came out of that whole network, big Alvin Mill guy. And so I, I've I've dipped back into that many times. And I'm looking back at his information. I'm reading through his the information he's put out, the presentations, his books, all that, and. <laughs> He's got the, I don't know if you've ever, it, it may not have been him. I think he stole it from Charlie Francis because Alvin Mill basically was just a good synthesizer. That's what he was. He synthesized stuff from all different groups, brought it together and made it applicable, I think was his best trait. But um, med ball tempos, med ball tempos. Basically, you shorten the amount of running you're doing. You increase the amount of med ball work that you're doing. And you take a little bit more load off the legs and the hips. And you build out your fitness work that way. So I said, okay, let's try it. Let's get off the field a little less. Or if we do use the field, let's take these med balls out there and let's give this a try. And within a few weeks, it was like, coach, feeling better already. Feeling, feeling improvements already. And it's just been little things like that where it's like being willing to ask the team you know, whenever you finish a block of training, you can look back and you can assess it yourself. You say, were we successful in these areas? These, these areas that I'm setting aside from the get-go saying, these are the things I want to improve. Maybe it's strength. Maybe it's uh, my number of reps I can get on something, whether it be in the weight room or on the field or whatever. That's one component of it. But the other component of it is, hey, let me pull in three guys. Let me pull in three girls that I trust. And let me ask, how this? How the last four weeks go? How's our body feeling? Did you like this? Did you think this was valuable? And if the answer is no, then don't double down. <laughs> don't just double down on it, which happens a lot. But let's go, okay, well, why not? And I wonder if we can find a better solution. It's just been that multiplied by two years. And the result is I feel uh, a lot better product that I'm able to deliver to them based on their feedback, essentially. I think that that's something that comes a lot later for a lot of people. Um, but I also think that that's probably something that you were really lucky to be under Ryan to see how he does those sort of things with, because that, to me, like that, that screams like Ryan Horn. Horn and still, the Horn was so big on one thing, like Horn is good at a lot of things. And I picked up a ton of programming from him. I picked up a ton of just watching him work type, you know, when you, that's why I call it an apprenticeship. And I think, we have a whole world of in internships. I think we need to shift that more to apprenticeships. Uh, that's just a bigger idea, maybe a topic for another time on just strength conditioning, coach development, but working under someone and working how they, and seeing how they do business day in and day out, and you got to do it significantly. And if they're good at their jobs, you're going to pick up on little things that are valuable. And a lot of things you pick up on, you may not know you're doing it. And then some of the stuff that you're asked to do over and over and over may drive you completely up a wall until you see the value of it. But he was really big. There's one thing that if I had to say I pulled from my experience with him, 
It was, can we do this better? I have never met someone that so relentlessly asked that ever. And sometimes it would drive me up a wall. The simplest stuff. I don't, I don't forget. We were about to uh, start a new training block. And he's like, uh, how, are we weighing, how are we weighing the athletes in? I'm like, I don't know. They come in. I check their weight. I, I write it down on a piece of paper. And we keep track of it on Excel. Like, yeah, how do we do that better? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean how we do it better? It's just taking body weights. And we just would sit, and that wasn't an answer. I mean, that just wasn't going to be a, uh, an answer that was sufficient. It was, how do we make this better? How do we take this mundane thing or big thing? But oftentimes it was the mundane stuff. How do we take this mundane stuff and do it better? And then once we've done it better, how do we do it better again? How do we do it better again? And yeah, I'm not going to lie. At times it about uh, made me want to, to walk out of the room and just scream into a pillow. But at the end, you know what happened? A lot of stuff improved. And it was these little improvements over time to where, you know what? Two years, three years in, now you have something that has really grown. And it's been from the smallest stuff that you've constantly asked yourself, can we do it better? Can we do it better? Can we do it better? Uh, and now, I, I, I promise you, it is, uh, it's ingrained in me. I can't get it out of my head. Sometimes it's a curse, but it's how do we do it better all the time. With all, with, I try to put that into everything I do, just like we did there. But I think that simple question is one that a lot of us need to ask more often, especially you know, the old heads like me who have been someplace for a long time. And I think that we've had that opportunity, right? Like if there's been a positive of all of this, it's been, at least in my opinion, this has increased our ability to evaluate what we're doing, whether we've done it or not to the extent that we could have is another talk for another day and probably a beers on the table conversation. But it's allowed us to do that and it's allowed us to audit ourselves a bit. And I think that's something that depending on who you're allowing in your circle and then the group of people you get to work with or that are with you um, has either been a really good thing or a really bad thing. And I guess, again, that's just, you know, kind of based on perception and going all the way back to ego. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I've talked about 40 or 50 times over the past year about fellowship and us getting here and it's amazing how much you can, you know, you can sit there and circumvent and dig into in an hour, hour and a half workout where you can have people with different backgrounds and different aspects of the team really kind of dig into things and peel layers back and, and find better ways to do that. And it's really rad that you've been able to step back and evaluate all this and not just do this in a better way for the freshmen. I think people also forget this is our sophomore class's first off season too. You know, like, Absolutely. like I keep telling people that over here, it's like, Yo, like, 
we're in a rush with these other three, but not these four. These dudes are in the same spot as these ones. Like, ain't nobody had a real summer since, you know, 2019. I mean, I don't know how y'all handle training, but if I went on vacation for a week and I came back and I felt like I was orca fat, like I couldn't do anything. Like, <laughs> like I was flopping around like a manatee at the end of workouts. Like, could you imagine not doing anything for two years? Bro, no. <laughs> like, right. off season, they're all freshmen almost. Yeah, they've never been exp- – it's a totally different stimulus that – well, I mean, if you really get down to it, it's been so long since you've trained with that sort of – obviously, the basketball component is its own deal, and that's been pushed this past year at a high level. But there's the the other side of it, the the GPP phase, the the – general preparation side of it all that hasn't been touched in a year and a half up until this point. And it's a totally different deal. And so, like you said, it's not just a, a it's not just an eye opener and something new for these, for the freshmen that are coming through. It's the sophomore class. And if you really, it's been so long, it's kind of just new for everyone. And it's, uh, it's, it was it was it was a good experience. You know, some of the things that that happened during this year, there was a lot of things that at first I was like, "This is gonna this is gonna be terrible." But now that I'm looking back, a year out from this whole mess, now I'm saying, "Wow, that actually was pretty valuable." So, like, take for example, when we first got back to campus last August, it was all right. You got to work, you can work out, but you have to stay six feet from each other. You have to have your own station. You got to have all these limitations on how you're doing things. You got to check guys or girls in before they even get in the weight room. You've got to take their temperatures. You've got to check their scores here. You've got to check for symptoms. You've got to keep them separated all across the weight. And I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, this is going to make training impossible. I thought that then, and now there's pieces of that I still use, even though some of those restrictions have been lifted. And <laughs> the funny thing is, in, in my current spot, when I had the full team, let's say in August, and they come in and I got training in stations and we can't share equipment, you could, but it was a time waste because you had to wipe it down in between. It just wasn't efficient for how I like to train the team. And what I have 16 of, that I can actually train 16 players with are barbells. That's what I got 16 of. I don't have enough dumbbells to train 16 players the way they need to train with dumbbells. I don't have enough. It was, I got barbells, I got bands. Let's figure it out. And a massive perk came out of that where at least where I'm at with the equipment that I have, which we have plenty, in my opinion, we, we were forced to get really, really good with stuff that I may have never programmed before. I may have never uh, spent that much time working with solely a barbell, but I was forced to. 
And the result is after all that time and having a limited amount of exercises that uh, I really felt was going to be substantial for us, the benefits have been explosive. Now there is an area where we have a solid rock in, tra in training with these types of equipment, these types of exercises that maybe I wouldn't have programmed like that. But now that I did, and now that we had that split up in the stations, and guess what? Not only that, now the athletes have become more efficient on their own because now they're training in their own little spot. Now it's like, I don't have someone help me set up. I don't have someone help me tear down. We got to do it on our own. And uh, I have seen nothing but positive results from that aspect of what we had to do this year. Love it. Because that's where we've been stuck and we've had to make the best of it and we've had to grow. And I think for a lot of us, it's helped us be better. Yeah, I, it's it's I think in its own way, and maybe we didn't want it this way. It's improved. It certainly it, it, it made me a better strength coach uh, in some ways, having those limitations. I, I think it really did. It pushed me in other areas that I probably. Well, I wouldn't have. I would not have pushed myself in those areas if it wasn't forced upon me. So, yeah, man. Well, listen, AJ, this is a fantastic half hour, buddy. Where can people keep up with you, see what you're doing? Because you do. You put a lot of the, the stuff that you do with these guys out there. So I think that it's good that people can get a glimpse of it and have a bit of an understanding of what you're doing and how you're helping, you know, yeah, so build this program. The easiest way to keep up with what we're doing here is, uh, you know, my Instagram account, which is AJ Kerr uh, with an underline there. That's uh, that's where I put out a lot of content and it's it's been beneficial as well. I know, you know, quick note on that. I, I know even me, some strength coaches are kind of, they put their roadblock up when it comes to social media and using that stuff. And if anyone's out there and they're wondering if that's uh, an avenue they may want to use, let me tell you this, it's been nothing but positive. Uh, the, the, the way that you can interact with your athletes and your own little community. Let's not think about the whole, the whole, how anyone can follow you in the world, but you're right here in your own little community, your own little neck of the woods. Uh, you can have a massive impact just by using social media because everyone's got their nose in their phones. Right. So if you can put out anything positive on there with all the negative out there, I think it's an absolutely awesome tool. And uh, I encourage other people, especially young strength coaches who, like me, that are uh, just kind of dipping their toe in that, uh, do it and uh, think less about it and just do it. Yeah, man. It's harder for some of us old heads, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm with you with that. And it's, uh, but no, bro, I truly appreciate your time, buddy. I'm, I'm glad we got to catch up. I'm glad we got to get this down. It's great to see you're doing awesome, buddy. And I, I truly am grateful for, uh, for you sitting down and being so open with us to share everything you guys are doing down there, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. And, and coach, people don't thank you enough for all the information you put out, all the free stuff. You've made me a better coach 10 times, uh, 10 times uh, what I would be just by all this information. And it's, it's not easy to do. It's not an easy job, but you're doing it and it's helping a lot of people it certainly helped me. And I'm, I'm really appreciative of that. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to, talk to you today man it's been great yeah man well i'm, I'm glad we got to catch up brother i appreciate the, the kind words and we'll be in touch soon buddy great appreciate it yeah man cheers